When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Steeler fans. Welcome to Know Your Enemy. It's Wednesday night again. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. I'm here joined, as always, by my co-host here, Shannon White. Shannon, say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. (laughs) How are you doing tonight, Shannon? I'm doing great, great. We just couldn't get enough of our Jerry Jerry there. We we needed just a second wave just to, you know, kick us off here. So that was good. This is a, a different week. We have a game tomorrow, so this is this is football eve for this week, and it's of course Browns week. And joining us from Dogs by Nature, Matt Wood. Matt, how are you doing? Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, I'm doing great. Excited to talk a little football here. All right, I'll I'll get right into it right off the bat. Sunday was not a good day for Cleveland. It was it was for like 95% of the game. <laughs> and then everything just fell apart. Uh what is what is the mood? What is the atmosphere in Cleveland right now about this team? Uh bummed, I guess would be the best way to say it. I mean, you're looking at 2 and 0 for the first time in a long time. Hell, I tweeted it out. I was like, "Man, we're 2 and 0. It is bad." You know, and yeah. um it it really just was there, there's no other way to say it. it was a choke job. Um, and, you know, it's just the way it happened. There's just so many things. And then the finger pointing was really kind of disappointing, not really from the players. Um, all the players were willing to take, you know, the blame for it. But, you know, a lot of guys in the media went after Nick Chubb saying he shouldn't have scored. You know, and I get the understanding that, okay, theoretically, but you're going up two touchdowns. Like, yeah. come on, to Joe Flacco with two minutes of no timeouts. So don't don't actually be able to tell me that that was Nick Chubb's fault. So it, it's a little bit of a, a missed opportunity, and I think that's kind of the biggest part of it. The AFC is so good. I mean, it, it just is. I mean, you, you could honestly make an argument that the fifth, sixth team in the AFC is the best team in the NFC. And yep. couple, you know, I, I don't know, man. If you get down to the end of the year, I guarantee you there's going to be a, to- a point in time where you point to that Jets game and go, damn. That was that 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 would be really nice to have a win right now. Not just the Jets, but uh, especially in the AFC North. Um, you know, you saw what the Ravens did. The Ravens blew. Uh, you can almost make an argument that the Ravens blew a bigger uh, spot. Oh, yeah. It's a Dolphins team that could be in the playoff picture. Yeah. Um, so you can't give those games away. So it, it's a little dis- disappointing. But at the end of the day, I think you ask any Browns fan, you get to Week Twelve. With five wins, six wins, you're you're okay. You're happy with that because then you're in. Then you're in the you're you're in it. So you gave one away, but hey, there's no better way to get back on the horse than smack around the Steelers. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I have a um, I'm blessed to have a, some Cleveland Brown fans as good friends, and and season ticket holders, and they've grown up with them, known them my whole life, and mm-hmm. and. Uh, 
they have been less than pleased after Sunday's results. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm hearing soft, uh, undisciplined. Uh, I've heard uh, the the head coach blamed, uh, which you know, all the blown coverages and you know it was just it was very ugly and it was traumatic and brought back a lot of bad memories. Um, my question is, uh, from the people there watching it, uh, they were saying that it just they felt it coming. You know when when the way it worked out there in the last two minutes, they said you could just feel it, the inevitable. Um, did you have that feeling? And who do you give most of that responsibility of that loss on? Well, first of all, if you got Cleveland Browns fans, they they just take pity on you hanging out with you. They, that's probably their outreach program, <laughs> so first and foremost. Uh, but, no, I get what you're saying. I mean, and here's the thing is the Browns have had – some of these losses before, and mm-hmm. y- you guys know, um, when you have a team that comes through in the clutch often, that's good. You, you, you almost have that confidence. And the flip side is true as well. When you have a team that has given games away a lot, you, you can say you feel that. I mean, the names and stuff change, but there is still that almost, oh, my God, here we go. And when they got the onside kick, I was just like mm. – Son of a bitch. <laughs> You're talking to a guy who had the Browns minus six and a half. And when he missed that extra point, I have, I, that's what I thought was going to be the worst thing is we're not going to cover. But um, so I get that. Um, if I had to assign blame, I think the blame, and, and for me, it, it lies on the defensive coordinator because first and foremost, the Browns, when their defense knows what they're doing, is good. It's good. Um, and the problem is they have massive breakdowns. And I'm not talking breakdowns like a guy gets open, he picks up 25 yards on mm. third and long. I'm talking a guy is buck naked open, 20, you know, with mm. no one around them, and he goes for 75 yards. It happened in week one. That's what kind of kickstarted the Panthers' comeback. And it happened again in week two when that just can't happen. And you see a lot of plays after the play. You got Browns, especially in the back defensive backfield doing this number and mm-hmm. pointing at each other and getting the arms up. And even after the game, you heard a couple guys saying, well, I, they don't know, you know, this guy didn't know what he was doing. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. This isn't little league football. This is the NFL. You have a defensive coordinator who's paid well. This can't happen. You have veterans back there. You have Denzel Ward, a pro bowler. You have John Johnson, a pro bowler. You have guys that know how to play the game. You have talent. And the frustrating thing is when they know where to be, they're good. They're really good at times. And it, so it's just frustrating to see that you just can't have those breakdowns. You clean that up. And they did in the second half of the year last year, they were a top five defense. But again, it, everything sounds, you know, hey, my boat only sinks 5% of the time. <laughs> I think that crappy boat, right? So mm-hmm. that's kind of yeah. where it's at right now for the Browns and their defense is if you can clean that up, Good things are going to happen, but right now you're just kind of holding your breath like, okay, is this is this the moment? And sadly, that was one of those moments against mm-hmm. Joe Flacco. <laughs> Absolutely. You talked about the defense and how, you know, the way you're talking about them. I want to bring this up because PFF graded three Browns in mm-hmm. the top eight 
of all defensive players with Miles Garrett and both linebackers, uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa and Anthony Walker. Mm-hmm. Three of the top eight. And yet, I, I made a tweet out of this. I was like, they're 26th in points allowed so far, 18th in yards, 17th in turnovers force, and they've got three top 10 players on defense, according to PFF. Does that hold up? Is it is it like the secondary is just that bad? Because if you look at like PFF scores and stats and things, the Browns front seven is very well represented there. And yet the team isn't, you know, the defense has given up all these points. And it kind of goes back to that same point is it's when the breakdowns happen, it's it's bad, you know, and it happens on the back end. So it makes sense. Um, you know, uh, JOK, Usakuramura has been phenomenal yeah. this year. Yeah. He really wasn't all that impressive week two, week one. I'm telling y'all, if you, if you really like defensive football, and I know a lot of Steeler fans do, uh, watch 28 Thursday night. Um, his ability, because that was kind of the knock of him coming out of schools. You know, he's, he's small, but he is so insanely quick. You, you can't block him. I mean, he you will be amazed at how often guards just totally whiff on him. So, yes, him, uh, Walker's played well. He's made a lot of plays on the other side of the line of scrimmage, and Miles Garrett's Miles Garrett. So that that holds water. But, um, yeah, that the breakdown is in the back end. And so, yeah. I, and again, I'm not really up to date on P. You know, I, I don't know how PFF does all their grading and everything. So, you know, I don't know if they wait. 75 yard touchdowns really bad. I would, but um, you know, I don't know how Collinsworth does it in the lab. So it could be really bad at times back there, but it's the thing is, and here's the deal. I don't know who's wrong. And the team really won't tell you who's wrong. Like even Denzel Ward tweeted out, like somebody was talking trash to him because look, I wasn't my guy. And so, okay. Was it Delpit then? You know, and that's the thing. It's, it's just this. And, and to be quite honest with you, there's a small chance. This moment, the Browns still don't know who it was, whose fault it was, because they don't know what the hell is going on back there. So I do think they'll get it cleaned up just because they're an NFL team. But um, I'm not willing to say that you may not get a freebie come tomorrow night. (laughs) you got to earn it. And that's the that's the damnedest thing is the offense has been good. I think I saw a number where the Browns have scored on just as many offensive possessions this year as the Bills. The problem is the Bills are getting a lot more offensive possessions. The Browns are playing a very slow brand of football, and they're not getting many three and outs, and they're not getting turnovers. So if that can happen, maybe some really good things can happen for the Browns. The Browns offensive line with Chubb and, and Hunt, that's what scares all Steeler fans. <laughs> uh, we still have flashbacks to last year when the Steelers – Seemed like they got run over by everybody, the Lions and the Vikings. and But then they played Cleveland twice, and the defense, you know, slowed down the Browns' running game, which was a shock to me both times because the Steelers struggled so badly. Um, the Browns' line is is just as dominant this year and the the, the games that I've watched. Um, and Chubb and Hunt is, is just a great tandem. Mm-hmm. Um I think Chubb's really stepped up trying to take the blame for that, Uh, which, you know, that was not him at all. And anybody, everybody knows that. But, you know, that's leadership. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the past, Ben used to do that all the time for the Steelers, even though it wasn't his fault. I think Chubb's tried to do that and try to get some of this controversy to go away and drama and then focus back on the game this week. That's a good sign because – 
you know, the Browns don't have that in the quarterback right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what has been your impression of Bichette? Um, how do you feel like he's playing and throwing the ball so far this year? Uh, he was really good against the Jets. I mean, he did have the interception at the end, but that's not his game. Um, he will be cautious to a fault. And that's okay, especially when you can, like you said, turn around and hand it to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt for 30 carries a game. And the the fun thing about the Browns run game, as from a Browns fan, is that they pound you and they keep their guys fresh. And you really see the, the game change as the game goes. Early on, a team can bow up and be good, but it's a wide zone run attack. And you'll see, like, uh, even against the Jets' defensive front, who held the Ravens in check. I think the Ravens only had, like, 70 yards rushing as a team. That's pretty good. Uh, That's a good rushing team. So they held the Ravens in check. And then the Browns just started to gash them. Because what they'll do is they'll get your big guys going side to side. And that's not as prevalent with a 3-4. I understand that. But uh, if you can get those big guys going side to side, all of a sudden it's pretty hard to track down Nick Chubb. And Nick Chubb, for my money – Browns fan, I get it, uh, is the best pure runner in the NFL. Uh, His vision is phenomenal. And that guy will break the first tackle 95% of the time. And that's what makes him so good is he's able to kind of see the hole, find it. And even if it's not blocked up perfect, he'll make a guy miss and he can pick up eight yards. And then what happens, you get tired of tackling Nick Chubb, and then they bring in Kareem Hunt, who is a walking car crash. And that dude loves to hurdle people. I don't care if you're six foot five and standing straight up. Cream Hunt will try to hurdle you for some reason. <laughs> and um, it, 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 they'll weigh on you. And so the Browns ground game has been good. Um, they've had some injuries in the middle there. Um, you know, I think uh, Batonio was kind of questionable. They announced today he's going to play. They're getting Jack Conklin back at right tackle too this week. Uh, I think that's a big help as well. I think this is kind of always a game the Browns had circled to bring him back. So, yeah, you just kind of protect it, and Jacoby Brissett will. If, if there's a chance he could throw it for 12 yards, but there's a defender kind of there, he's going to throw it to this guy who's six yards down the field. And yeah, Okay, it's third and eight, but, you know, that's Jacoby, and that's okay. Um, go ahead, do that, play a little defense, run the football, and uh, now, hey, we got a kicker who doesn't suck. So, <laughs> we got that figured out too. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that's at play to kind of play it safe with this. So, yeah, Jacoby's never going to beat you, um, you know, throwing the ball down. As good as he was against the Jets, that's his ceiling. And Stefanski does a nice job kind of scheming guys open. Amari Cooper has been really good so far. So, it, it, it's kind of interesting to see, but he's not going to be – a Deshaun Watson playmaker type. Uh, you, you know, you're going to have to wait around to see that one. You're not going to get many arguments against Nick Chubb. I, I honestly cannot think of a Browns player that is more liked, respected, and that Steeler fans have been more envious of than Nick Chubb because we we all we all see it. We all Steelers love running backs, mm-hmm. uh, and Nick Chubb is phenomenal. Uh, he really, like, I've said this before, but Najee Harris reminds me of Nick Chubb with, like, half the vision. Like, Nick Chubb with one <laughs> eye closed is, is Najee Harris. And I love Najee Harris. Najee's a really good back. It's just Nick Chubb is, like you said, the best runner in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. I'd put him ahead of Derrick Henry. Yeah. I, I don't think that's even close. And he's um, super nice, even when he's mic'd up. Like, he doesn't talk trash. Like, there's players, like, screaming in his face. And he, like, gets up and he's like, good tackle. And, like, that's all he said. Like, the NFL films, like, mic'd him up one time for, like, five minutes on the field, and he had, like, six words. And, like, one of them was, like, tired. 
It's just the, the guy's a robot. So, and then, oh yeah, by the way, he goes out and squats six hundred pounds. So, yeah, he really is great. I mean, that's that's the guys you like to root for. You know, we all Absolutely. kind of have our you know black sheep of fam, you know, fans and stuff like our teams. But uh, Nick Chubb is. You're right. He's a good one. He's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> you have Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper has been playing really well, and I, I think with his route running, his short. His ability, like uh, like a Deontay Johnson on the Steelers, to get open quick really fuels a player like Jacoby Brissett who wants to get those quick, short, easy, safe passes. Who has been showing up in the passing game other than Amari Cooper? Who? Um, I, you know, I got to give him a little love here. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones made some big catches week one. Um, kids always had talent, five-star kid. Uh, went to a Michigan, a place that they don't develop hey. anyone. I said that, go Bucks. And, um, you know, the Browns were able to grab him late, and the kid has talent. Uh, he has mm-hmm. done well. They will at times try to find a way to get Anthony Schwartz the ball because he has phenomenal speed, but he has really battled the drops, um, especially in preseason. And uh, they, But they want to get him the football. Outside of that, David Bell is a rookie out of Purdue, really good hands, um, really had a good camp, but hasn't really done anything. It's going to be Deshaun Watson. They will work the tight ends. Um, Harrison Bryant had a good game uh, last week. And Joku, they tried to get him in the uh, red zone there, uh, just just out of his reach there. Uh, but th- that's kind of what it's going to be. They're going to pound the rock. They'll take a couple shots with, you know, get it out to Amari Cooper, and that's going to be it. I, because, again, Jacoby's not going to stress you, and he's really going to kind of play it safe. So they'll, they'll, they'll take it easy with that. So uh, you're not going to see many fireworks. Now watch Jacoby Brissett go out and throw for 400, and you guys can play this back and laugh at me because I'm an idiot. But who cares? Jacoby Brissett threw 400 yards. Um, so, you know. <laughs> Uh, but th- I think that's what you'll be. You'll see that kind of stuff just kind of mixed in. And uh, they'll throw early. Don't be surprised if the Browns do come out and throw early. Stefanski likes to do that. And then all of a sudden you get pounded in the face with Nick Chubb for a while. So I don't know how much uh, the Browns fans pay attention to the Steelers through the week. Oh, uh, we do. I-, I personally don't pay a lot of attention to the Browns, you know, except when it's Browns week, of course. Uh, or the game, or they're playing, actually. But my question is, if I'm sure that everybody's seen all the drama with the, the Steelers, the, their offense, uh, the the bickering and the, the arguing in the huddles and the uh, who's to blame. Is it Matt Canada? Is it Mitch Trubisky? You know, um, and, and then also without T.J. Watt, easily the best uh, uh, defensive player in the NFL. <clears throat> But, uh, you know, that's that's a real advantage for the, the Browns this week. But uh, who who does the Browns, if anybody, are they talking about this week? And are they really focusing on trying to, to stop if there is anybody on the Snowers offense? Uh, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, don't get me wrong. T.J. Watt is, you know, the second best defensive player in the league. And so missing him is big. Um, and I see, you know, you got comments over here chirping at me already. So I might as well just go ahead and go in, you know, you got a Michigan fan already talking trash, but, um, 
Uh, honestly, I, I do pay a lot of attention to the Steelers. Um, you know, I have a, a nice setup where I watch, and I love rooting against the Steelers. I love rooting against the Ravens. And now the Bengals, they got all of a sudden good, and they got chippy too. So <laughs> like to see them get taken down. Um, when it comes to the Steelers, first of all, you always got to respect the defense. All right? Um, I Now, are they as good as advertised? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see without T.J. Watt. Um, can they manufacture pressure? Cam Hayward, a Buckeye, um, is phenomenal, always has been, and always has been just a, a, a beast. Uh, so I, I think there's that. I do think that the Browns and the Browns, and I won't say the Browns, but I know Browns fans are confident this week because of the mismatch on the other side of the line of scrimmage. Um, from what I've seen this year, the Steelers' offensive line is god-awful, and I've watched some god-awful offensive lines. And the Browns being without Jadavion Clowney does hurt them in that aspect. That's where I really thought the Browns could take over a little bit. So who worries you? I don't know. I mean, I, trust me, guys, Mitchell Trubisky ain't scaring anybody. Uh, you know, um, Deontay Johnson, very good wide receiver, but get him the ball. Um, and the Browns, I think, will take their chances with Najee. You know, they're, they're going to sell out to stop the run. That's my, that's my guesstimation and uh, see if you can make a play up top and, Hopefully the Browns had their back end together on it. So this isn't the years past of the Steelers and that's okay. I'm okay with that 100%. But uh, when it comes to these two teams, you know, it's always going to be a tight game because it is really um, it, it's no, it's not been even. I get it over the you know past 20 years or whatnot, but I do think the Browns roster top to bottom don't kill me is better than what the Steelers have. And it, that, I, I'll, I'll be, I'll say that. So I think it's going to be a good game and, uh, he, but you can never sleep on a team like the Steelers. Mike Tomlin, as much as I hate him, um, always <laughs> has his teams ready to play. So the Browns aren't going to walk in there and win 30 to three. That just ain't going to happen. So it, it's going to be a good game no matter what. I would, I would argue that the uh, Browns have had a better roster than the Steelers for a couple years now. Mm -hmm. And uh, it didn't work out so well in 21. Uh, but, uh, um, <laughs> the, uh, the Steelers are having like craziness here and, and, and fans are absolutely, they're losing their mind. You say you, you watch the Steelers and you obviously enjoy any misfortune the Steelers have <laughs> as we enjoy literally any misfortune the Browns have. How has it been for you watching the Steelers fans get a small taste of their team like disappointing and absolutely losing their minds over it. Welcome. Welcome <laughs> to the club. Welcome to not having a quarterback that you can just pencil in for 30 touchdowns a year. Uh, you guys have no idea of the hell I have lived watching some guys play quarterback. Uh, so it, it's nice to know. Um, and, God is my witness. Kenny Pickett will probably be a Hall of Famer because I have made so many small hand jokes and things like that about <laughs> Kenny Pickett. Uh, so he will be great, and you guys can go ahead and thank me when it's all said and done. But uh, no, it. But this is what the NFL is supposed to be. You guys don't understand how lucky you are just to fall ass backwards into a franchise quarterback the one time you guys you know pick high up at the end of a draft. Man, we've been trying left and right. So, you know, it's – it's nice to see you guys finally have to live a little bit on the uh, other side of the tracks, but here's the thing. 
the Browns got to get to your side. You know what I'm saying? So the Browns got to finally cash in with this. You're right. I think the Browns have had the better roster, but whether it's bad quarterback play or whatever it is, they've not been able to cash in with it. So I think that's why you saw them go all in this off season. And uh, I, I think that was the right move. And I think in a couple of years, you know, hopefully Kenny Pickett works out for you guys. Nah, nah. But, um, you know, if it does, great, because there is nothing better when the Browns and Steelers are both good. Um, you know, it, it's just that's that's good football, man. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited this year about the AFC North because I do think it is really tight. I think all teams have flaws. I think all teams have strengths. And uh, I think it's going to be a pretty good run here down the down the stretch. That's why you can't give up games to the Jets at the last second. <laughs> That's fine, you know. <laughs> I'm just glad to see you're handling it so well. Um, you know, being Roethlisberger, my all-time favorite Stiller, uh, which I never thought I'd say that about any one player. But uh, over the years, I think it was just the you know everything he meant and everything he gave. Uh, my favorite player, you're all's daddy. Um, and, and I'm, I'm sure that you don't harbor any ill will towards him, but now he's gone. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, the question I have is the, the my friends that are Browns fans have been very, they were very upset with the, what they give up to get Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially in light of, you know, missing the eight games and, and everything like that. Uh, if it works out, Deshaun Watson, you know, that could be, you know, a real change in the history of the franchise. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't work out, that could be a disaster based on what they had to give up to get him, you know, the capital and what they're paying him guaranteed money. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your own personal opinion, when that move was made, how did you feel about it then and how do you feel about it now? Uh, yeah, great question. Um, first of all, we should take a moment of silence for the uh, Golden Corrals in Pittsburgh that are going to go out of business now that Ben Roethlisberger has retired and moved on. Don't forget um, the breweries. So, <laughs> nice to see. Don't forget yeah. the breweries. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know what? Here's the thing. You want to know why I love the move is because I've watched terrible quarterbacks sink this franchise. And this is the NFL. It's all about the quarterback. You can have, like the Steelers, phenomenal defense, dynamic running back, dynamic wide receiver, and then Mitchell Trubisky, a quarterback, and no, you are going nowhere. And that's (laughs) what the Browns decided was with Baker Mayfield. Now, you could point to the injuries last year and things like that, but Baker was making the same mistakes. He was – limited in certain fashions. He ran into prep. What go on down the list. A player like Deshaun Watson does not come available. Just doesn't happen. Now you can say off the field and I'll get to that here in just a second, but Deshaun Watson came available. And what was it? 18 teams called the Houston Texans. We can figure out the teams that didn't call the Houston Texans, right? Chiefs didn't call chargers. Didn't call bills. Didn't call. You can probably guess the few other teams. If you didn't have a quarterback, you called the Houston Texans. Because you knew you were going to have to go through a year of the ESPN dumping all over you, NFL Network giving you shots here and there, just like the Steelers did when they had Ben Roethlisberger. I can tell you this. I have never had a single Steelers fan apologize to me 
that Ben Roethlisberger beat the living hell out of the Browns for however long he was the quarterback there. I never had a Ravens fan apologize to me that Ray Lewis won a Super Bowl helping cover up a murder. Every franchise has a sliding scale of what they're willing to put up with. And a 26-year-old superstar quarterback gets one hell of a scale. So also, I'll say this. If there, if there are a Browns fan out there that says, I'm never going to root for the Browns ever again. I can't root for that guy. That's fine. I get it. I understand. God love you. Go root for whoever you want. Good luck finding a team full of Walter boys. Go go find that team full of Nick Chubbs. I, I, I wish you, you could do it. But I also understand why the Browns did it. Kevin Stefanski, Andrew Barry, their future is tied to winning football games, not creating a team filled with likable guys. That's just the fact of the matter. And when it gets down to the end of it, just like you are very happy with Ben Roethlisberger as your starting quarterback, there will be Cleveland Browns fans very happy with Deshaun Watson as their starting quarterback when you get two, three years out from this. Because other scandals will break, other guys will get arrested, other things will happen. And Deshaun Watson will be a superstar quarterback. He had one of the highest graded seasons ever from PFF two years ago. And that's without DeAndre Hopkins, with a dog dirt roster with the Houston Texans. The guy is a phenomenal talent. And he will be a phenomenal talent in Cleveland when it's all said and done. So trust me, fans will boo. Fans will make fun of him. Fans will say things. Who cares? At the, and I, that's why I say, for me, and I understand if you're a Browns fan and you feel different, or if you're a Steelers fan, that feel different as well. Matt, I got a quick question. Mm-hmm. Do you agree that for it to be worth it, that he has to bring a Super Bowl to Cleveland? I, so here's the deal. The, the, the 49ers gave up more draft capital for Trey Lance than we did for Deshaun Watson. And so when you start thinking of it like that, are the but 49ers- not that guaranteed money. But here's the deal. I don't care. That ain't my money. (laughs) Trust me. Jimmy Haslam's ducking beer cans and spending his money. It ain't my money. So here's one of why people, and this is. But you got to fill out a roster. Get your tinfoil hat ready here, all right? (laughs) I think the NFL hates that contract because that contract screwed the Ravens. It's really screwed the Bengals Mm -hmm. because they have to Mm -hmm. step up and put money up front. Bengals don't got it. Flat out don't got it. Now, Mm -hmm. to be fair. David Carr, or Derek Carr went and signed his contract without a ton of guaranteed money, which Derek Carr is weird. Uh, that dude probably would have taken McDonald's coupons if they had asked him. <laughs> Kyler Murray, look, you know, Call of Duty codes instead of money. Uh, so there were guys at Gene Cashman like Derek or uh, like Deshaun Watson did. So I get that, but I, you're right that you have to fill out the rest of your roster. But guess what? The NFL just made ten billion dollars this yeah. year on TV money. That salary cap is going to skyrocket. Five years ago, it was too much money to pay your quarterback $20 million a year. You know, oh, you know, think of the roster. Now you're paying yeah. guys $45 million. I, You watch. Deshaun Watson's contract will be a bargain in three years. He will redo his contract because he'll want to get paid just like the other high-end quarterbacks will. It's just it's just the nature of the game. Everyone's going to get paid. That salary cap is going to be $400 million in a couple of years. It will probably five years. It, it's going to be nothing. Plus, the, the, remember, we got Stanford or Harvard nerds who do all the numbers and everything. <laughs> salary cap's a myth. Don't worry about it. That is that is true. The Steelers are uh, – <laughs> they, like, they showed like total cash expenditure – 
and the Steelers are always up against the salary cap. And then when you look at total cash expenditure, they're towards the bottom of the league. Right. Like they and they're they're always up against the cap. And other teams are like have cap space and spend more. It's it's it's, it's if you know what you're doing and you want to. Yeah, you oh, just yeah. get a nerd and they'll make it work. <laughs> yep. I, I do have a question though, because the one thing I thought Baker Mayfield brought when he was drafted to the Browns was an attitude that the Browns needed. Mm-hmm. That kind of like flip the middle finger at the, mm-hmm. the, the refs, the mm-hmm. league, the odds, the fans, everything, and say, we're going to come out here and do our best. Like, we're going to come out here and just, we're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to F up whoever we're playing, as he said about the Browns before he lost to them. Mm-hmm. And I felt <laughs> that was a really good fit for Cleveland because they needed that kind of kick in the pants. Mm-hmm. They it, it was that kind of team where they kind of just, kept waiting for the the other shoe to drop with him gone who is that leader on the cleveland brown who who's going to be that fire that gets them through and like to recover from what they just had at the jets where things just went awful wrong and felt like hey yeah we're just gonna lose who's that guy on the browns right now that's a great question and you're 100 right baker was the right quarterback for the right time like everyone's like well they should have drafted josh allen Brother, Josh Allen would have been thrown into Lake Erie after year two. He wasn't going to be Josh Allen in Cleveland. Give the Bills a ton of credit for developing. He's a unicorn. Uh, So you got to give him some credit there. You're right. He was the right guy. But here's the thing. We're learning this as the year has gone on. I don't think, and I can't say with any regularity, I don't know. But from reading the tea leaves, that locker room hated Baker Mayfield. I can tell you the defensive guy surely did the way that they kind of talked. And I go back to the release of Odell Beckham Jr. And how many of the Browns players were disappointed that you cut a wide receiver whose dad went on social media and shit all over your starting quarterback. And that's where in the first time I was kind of like, something doesn't seem right here. And so who is the leader though? of the offense you have a lot of soft-spoken guys like a nick chubb uh joel batonio is a very big leader but he's a very mild-mannered guard you know so i if i had to say like who is that spark plug kareem hunt is really uh he's a talker um and lord knows he plays hard um i i I, if you ask me this question next year deshaun watson's that guy um, and you kind of saw the guys get around him when it was announced the trade was there. A lot of the guys flew in. He had a lot of the guys go with him this offseason. And uh, go ahead and make your jokes where they went. I get it. I'll see the jokes <laughs> pop up here in the chat. It's hilarious. You're the 35th millionth person to say massage parlor. Um, <laughs> um, Miles Garrett has taken a little bit bigger of a step as a vocal leader. Um, you know, they had a rookie this week who got pretty much benched and sent home. And Miles just said, look, he's not acting like a pro and he needs to start stepping up and acting like a pro. Um, so it's pretty good when the guy who's 6'7", 280 pounds of muscle is the muscle uh, when it comes to your leadership. So I could see it being Miles as it goes. And it, that's good when it's your best player, you know, because I mean, he is the best defensive player in the AFC North and the NFL. So um, you know, <laughs> take that role. So if you, if you put a gun to my head, I would say him, but they do have some other veteran leadership, you know, with John Johnson and Anthony Walker as well and Amari Cooper, but he's not a big rah, rah guy. He is a very 
yeah. lead by example. And that fits with Nick Chubb as well. So um, I think it is set up for Deshaun Watson. But, you know, it, does Jacoby Brissett fill that role right now? I, I don't know. So to be determined, I guess, would be the long, really long, short answer. How, uh, being a Browns fan, you know, I've always said that still reads, we've been spoiled by decades of success and <laughs> six Lombardies and, you know, eight trips. And I mean, all these things, and I know you can't comprehend what I'm saying, <laughs> and, but, but I, I really want to know because I'm hearing so much, um, about how disappointed a lot of the fans are in Kevin Stefanski and being a Browns fan, uh, I said, I don't know why, you know, I, I don't know if it's just cause they blew that lead last week or, or what they're, what the problem is, but they're saying that he needs to be tougher. He needs to be harder, more of a, you know, I don't know where that's coming from. Do you know what they're talking about? No, I, I think first of all, who are the easiest guys to blame? Offensive coordinators, head coaches, and quarterbacks. I mean, when it comes down to it, right? That's who. What, what, what's he calling there? And Kevin Stefanski just happens to be the play caller and the head coach. Um, so he fits two of those. And he is not a really, you know, screaming guy or anything like that. And I think a lot of fans like that. Uh, Hugh Jackson was that. And that dude couldn't coach his way out of a bag. So um, Stefanski is a brilliant, and I, I mean it, a brilliant offensive mind. Um, and you see how he gets guys open. I mean, he can scheme it open. So, look, you, you brew a 14-point lead, or what should have been a 14-point lead. And you blew my cover So and ruined my parlay. So I was very upset, too. But you don't say I think that's kind of you get caught up in the heat of the moment yeah Stefanski's an idiot Eh, okay well guess what he goes out and wins this game Stefanski's a genius again so you know you just kind of ride the waves on that stuff and it all gets I guarantee you guys have you know fans who think Mike Tomlin needs to go you know it's just so many of them so many fans and Just so many fans around the league being like, please fire him and let my team hire that guy. Exactly. And <laughs> like, look at, you know, I don't know how much baseball you guys pay attention to, but that happened with Terry Francona. You know, mm-hmm. he gets run out of Boston and Cleveland snaps him up. He's one of the best managers in baseball. So yeah. it's just one of those things of, so you got to ride the highs and lows. You know, mm-hmm. no, not everyone's Bill Belichick, but hey, guess what? Bill Belichick was a dumbass when he was in Cleveland, too. So, hey, you always never know. So, you just got to wait it out. All right. So, last question here. We always want to get a score prediction from our guests. How do you see this game going down? Now, if I remember, I I joined you guys a couple years ago before the playoff game when Kevin Stefanski and, like, half the team had COVID. And I said, I'll be damned if I'm going to come on here and tell you all Steelers are going to win. Steelers ain't winning this one either. All right. Uh, the Browns are going to get the win, but I do, I do think it's going to be a pretty close game because I don't think the Browns are going to push it. Um, I think they are going to be very methodical. The Browns take the air out of the ball at times. So I, I think it's going to be a very low scoring game, which kind of gives you hope as a Steelers fan. Uh, but you still have Mitchell Trubisky. He'll make a couple plays, but uh, I do think the Browns are going to get a little bit of turnover luck here. They have been very unlucky when it comes to turnover so far this year. Um, I think they'll get a couple, and I think the Browns win this one going away. I'm going to say 30-17. to 17. So 
And if y'all do an onside kick, that's not cool. So just kick it deep when you're down three scores, all right? Please, please. You think you think the Steelers are going to score 17? That's, that's <laughs> yeah, because we're going to blow two coverages, you know? Yeah. So we got to. Well, I that's what you were saying earlier about blown coverage, and I was like, well, okay, well, that but that involves Mitchell Trubisky actually seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this. I do think – I do think this is – the final game of Mitchell Trubisky for the Steelers. I think with the long week afterwards, I think the Steelers will make their move. I'm, I, and I have nothing to base that's, this off of. That's what I'm hoping for. I, I have. I, I think the Steelers are protecting him enough that they don't want him to face Buffalo and Tampa Bay in the Could next be. two weeks. Yeah, so I, I, all give, that, but I would love to see it. Give Kenny Pickett his little high fives right there. We have to see if I can get a for him right there for Kenny. <laughs> All right. I'm telling you, he's going to be great, and it's going to be my fault. So, <laughs> All right, Matt, let us know where we can find your stuff. I'm sure everyone wants to go read all of your information about the Browns. Uh, so let us know where we can find uh, your any of your writings. Uh, go to dogsbynature.com. That, that, we have a fantastic group of writers. They do all the writing. I do the Twitter stuff. So when I'm MFing officials on Twitter, that's me. Um, so you can go ahead and follow along. And seriously, I love, I, I, my grandfather was a Steelers fan and I love, I love the passion Steelers have, and, uh, I hate y'all success and I, I wish you, uh, Owen 17 season soon, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I love the fact that you guys are fans and you guys are very lucky to have the second best player in the AFC North <laughs> on the defensive side of the ball. So, hey man, thanks for coming on and we respect the beard. Me hey, and GB, we're the, we're the beard podcast here at behind the silk curtain, and you are you fit right in. So good, good. And hey, how about we all agree on something? The Ravens are the worst, right? They are the yeah, butt fuck of the universe. So there, we're all happy Bengals, on that one. The Bengals fans were the worst. They're chat. They're, they're oh, new gosh. money, right? They're new money. They haven't figured <laughs> it out yet. They'll be hilarious when Joe Bar- Joe Burrow is playing for New England here in three years. <laughs> Jake's a man. <laughs> All right. All right, Matt. Thank you so much for hey, joining man. us. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, and we'll let you go here. And uh, Shannon and I will continue on with the show. Appreciate it, fellas. Hey, buddy. All right. Bye, man. All right. That was actually fun. That was actually yeah. fun. Uh, I, I, you know what? We, I think we do have the second best uh, player in the AFC North, but, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick is, uh, I didn't think he was going to put him up that high, but you I know. didn't know if he was talking about him or Cam Hayward. So yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> top, hey, top three defensive players in the in the, in the NFL, right there. You know, yeah. you can put them anywhere you want. Oh man, <laughs> Shannon, what? I, I want to. We, we've been having a lot of fun. I want to kind of start heading a different direction here since we've had too much fun. Uh, what are is your major concern facing the Cleveland Browns this Thursday night? Nick Chubb, yeah. uh, Kareem Hunt, and that offensive line. Um, you know, I've so I've been talking to all this week that I think that having Tyson and Lulu back and Ogunjobi, which a lot of people are down on Ogunjobi, and I don't understand it. Yeah, uh, I, I thought Ogunjobi has been light years better than anything we had last year at that defense band position. Yeah, and uh, I think his run defense is, you know, late in that game last week. They started, you know, they couldn't get the ball back. They couldn't stop the the Patriots. But the Patriots have a strong offensive line, especially run blocking. 
and they just basically wore them down. And then they was bringing Wormley in, and that's never good when Wormley has to be in run. Yeah, defense. Wormley was not good that game. You no, know, he was not. And so, uh, but I've been saying that I think that the run defense is much improved, especially when a Lulu's on the field. So, this is the test mm-hmm. on the road in Cleveland with the team that does does not want their quarterback throwing the ball much. I mean, they've got the team that Mike Tomlin wants the Steelers to have. Yeah, Mike Tomlin wishes the Steelers could run the ball effectively with Harris and and Warren and uh, and dominate with the line and then you know let Trubisky play this safe ball, but it's not working. And uh, but that's he, you know, Matt's right. That is what scares me that they're just going to dominate time of possession and wear the defense down. Uh, you know, especially guys like Hayward, Hayward and Alulu and Jackson, and all these guys. Um, because I just don't know if the offense can score enough points to, you know, the thing everybody misses is what made that defense because he's so unblockable. He's so explosive. He, he attracts so much attention that everybody else are great complimentary players. But when they have to be that guy, the guy, they can't do it. It's uh, what? Oh, and five now without what? For a full five and one. Yeah, and, and one. Th- they just don't look the same. It- it's not even close. I think it's less than two sacks a game. They've been shut out twice, you know, uh, with no sacks. You know, the team that's led the league in sacks for however many years, they just it- – it's it's startling how the difference – and to me, if, if that doesn't sh- say that T.J. Watt is the best defensive player on the planet, nothing will. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I say that that record, it's I believe it's now 10 and it's either 10 and 2 or 10 and 3 when TJ Watt plays 50% or more of the snaps. And when he doesn't, the Steelers are 0 oh, 5 and 1. Uh-huh. If, if that's not an argument for MVP, not just defensive player of the year, but MVP, I don't know what is. That's in, it's insane. It's insane. I think one of the things we're seeing with the Steelers, especially as we, as you're seeing people judge the defense as being not good without TJ Watt, the defense without TJ Watt was good. If it wasn't for the, the, the muffed punt personal foul, like, you know, give them the ball on the 10 yard line, 10 points outside of that drive, the Steelers defense gave up 10 points. Like that's incredible, right? They weren't putting up splash plays. And I think that's the def- difference T.J. Watt makes. T.J. Watt is a playmaker. He completes sacks. Like, a lot of the criticism of T.J. Watt is, is, you know, that he is very reliant on stats. That Because he is a stat collector. He is a guy who finishes plays. You have guys like Cam Hayward, who puts pressure on the quarterback, who, who does run defense, but doesn't always make the tackle. Might not be the guy making the sack, but he's making it easier for everyone else to get those numbers. T.J. Watt is the guy you bring in to finish the play. Like mm-hmm. if, if, if three players are going to get to the quarterback, TJ is going to be there first. If someone's going to jump up and bat that ball down, it's going to be TJ. Why? If there's a play to make TJ is going to make that play. And it's such a difference maker for this defense. In the last three years, 2019, 2020, 2021, we've gotten used to in order for this team to win, the defense has to hold the other team under 20 points. And provide the offense with either an easy touchdown or points from the defense. We've gotten kind of used to that because our offense has had so much dysfunction in it. 
that now we judge the defense when they can't do that, when they can't stand on their head and basically hand the game to the offense and say, just, just, just please, you know, only hand it back to the defense, the other team a few times and then win the, and then, you know, score the points to win the game. Like, we're like, well, the defense has, that's what the defense should do, right? This is the Steelers. That's what the defense should do. But it's not realistic. The offense has to step up. They have to. There's just no other option for this team than the offense starts playing better and starts scoring points. We have two touchdowns in two games from the offense. That's terrible. Mm-mm. I had asked in one of our discussion threads uh, in one of the articles today, when's the last time the stores have completed a skinny post? Uh, anything deep down the middle. Anything. Oh, yeah, like a seam I round. mean, down the seam, yeah. maybe to Fryermuth a couple times in the preseason, but I'm talking about a regular season. When's the last time? that they? I mean, there's a lot of times when you go back and watch the tape, they don't even have anybody running, clearing out that deep middle. Yep. Even their deep clear out routes are down the sidelines and they try to pull a safety over. But why try to pull a safety over if you're not going to exploit the middle? They, they, they do a lot of things that are, uh, I, I almost said something I shouldn't, uh, that it's backwards. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, it's, you know, you're, you're watching yeah. and you're like, well, you did that route to clear this out, but they ain't even nobody in this area. And they, they do that so often. And when you look at it, you know, it's like, do they have a clue what's going on? And I think that you're seeing the frustration come out. You know, and, and the, the players are openly making comments that is not towards Trubisky. It's towards yeah. the play calling. And they know better than any of us because they're the ones out there playing and running the routes. And, and it, you know, there's frustration growing. Um, Now, a lot of these things, like you said, Trubisky would have to see it. For him to take advantage of blown coverages, he's going to have to see it. There was a couple of last game, and he, he's automatically checking down. He's doing the things that everybody said that Ben did last year. Mm-hmm. And is that it's No, it's, they're not. And I think some of it is Matt Canada, and and it's some of it's Tomlin saying, protect the ball, ball security. Take, uh, and then some of it is a lack of faith in the offensive line that, hey, I got to get rid of this ball in under two seconds. Well, Trubisky had time last week. The line did a much better job in pass protection, and he was still getting rid of the ball before he had to. Yep. And and I've, and I've said in Monday's show that the reason why I think a lot of it it's on Trubisky is this man is very mobile, and that's something that they wanted. Tomlin openly wanted his mobility. He's getting outside the pocket, but he's not throwing the ball away. He's, he's just going parallel. He's getting stopped, sacked, or running out of bounds, losing yardage for a sack, instead of just turning up and taking the four, five, six yards. The, the Steelers' offense needs that desperately. But he's playing in his head. He's too tentative. He's, something is not right there. That's not been his history in the past. And I believe that it's because he's been instructed, as Matt was saying about, Brichette, protect the ball, take the underneath, don't blow it. And it's hard to be a successful quarterback and almost impossible to put enough points on the board in today's NFL to win games, especially when your offensive line is still coming together. So you can't run the ball that effectively either. 
The Browns can, the Steelers can't. So, I, you know, I don't think there's one easy answer, but it's definitely easier to replace the quarterback than it is the offensive coordinator. Yeah. They really, and you don't have much option. You have bought, you have done everything to buy into this offense, to invest mm-hmm. in this offense. Even if, and, and that's why I've said, even if Matt Canada isn't the guy, he is the guy who's going to put in the offense, put in the plays, assemble the roster. And then if you're going to bring in a different guy to call better plays, you're going to bring in a guy to run this offense, just run it better, mm-hmm. right? Run this offense better. I think like you were saying, like the balance of where all this falls is really intricate. And I think the last game shows up, there was a guy uh, on Twitter who was really breaking down film and showing that the, the Steelers didn't run that many plays in week two, different plays. It was a lot of the same plays being run over and over again, which wasn't the case in week one. And one of the problems after week one is people are saying, well, if, if Mitchell Trubisky can't operate this offense, you need to simplify it down to what he can do. Mm. And I think we saw that. I think we saw <laughs> and, and, and that didn't work either because now you're predictable, right? Mm-hmm. Now you only have a few mm-hmm. plays. And now the other team doesn't only has to defend like eight or nine plays in the entire game. And you become predictable. And I think it's a massive combination of like Mitchell Trubisky not trusting the offensive line because of how incredibly bad it was in the preseason. Mm-hmm. The Steelers not being able to run outside zone. In fact, they didn't run outside zone in week one. They started, I think their third drive in, in against the Patriots, they started running some outside zone and actually started working, opened up their interior run game, started making everything look a little better except the passing game. But it, it helped, right? But where's the play action? Yeah. Where's the role? No, where's I, the I design like, capers or quarterback runs? Well, there were the some ball, of those. R- rush up to the line. You don't have to snap it. Yeah, get up to the line. You don't have to snap it. Yeah. You know, for 15 seconds, but at least then you might snap it in 10 seconds when they ain't expecting it. Maybe you run up and you do snap it immediately and let Trubisky run. I mean, yeah. there's – it's like you said, it's so predictable. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, it's so easy to defend because they're defending themselves. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You know what? I, I think it's, I think this is the exact right time to get into it. Uh, Shannon, what's your prediction for tomorrow night? Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm always optimistic. <laughs> uh, and, but I just think that, that these questions and this stuff we're talking about uh, is not fixed and it's not going to be fixed. You know, I hope that, you know, maybe pick it because he, this is an offense. He's just come out of an offense similar out of pit yeah. and he processes so quickly. He anticipates, he does the things that Trubisky struggles with and he's still mobile. And, you know, uh, I know he's a rookie. But there's plays there that it, it doesn't take a great arm to make. It takes a great mind. You have to see it. You have to recognize it, You have to deliver the ball accurately. I think that that until that happens, they're still going to struggle. Uh, I hate to I, I hate to ever predict a loss, but going into Cleveland and without TJ, they seem like they can't win without him. Uh, so I'm going to say something like uh, 2013 Browns. Okay. I want to bring this up, Yeti, on our face on YouTube. 
My prediction is a stressful game with heavy drinking. <laughs> and I, that, is, that is the best prediction for this game you will get right there. It is going to be stressful and it's gonna it's gonna be bad. Um I'm I'm gonna list off. Okay, the Steelers are 05 and 1 with TJ Watt. They haven't shown any reason to believe that's going to change. They've given us no reason. We have a turnaround from Sunday to Thursday. You can't instill new plays. You can't change the offense. You can't adapt to the opponent you're facing. You just have to do what you're doing and hope it works. What the Steelers are doing isn't working, but they don't have time to change it. You're going on the road on Thursday night, which is almost always a loss. Like the the win-loss rate for on-the-road Thursday night is terrible. You don't win Thursday night on the road. You win Thursday night at home. Another thing, Thursday nights favor run teams. If you can run the ball well, you will win on Thursday night. Everything in this game points to the Cleveland Browns winning. Every single thing. And I love to be like, when everything points one way, you know it's going to go the other way. I've got no reason to believe it doesn't. I'm going to pick this score, and the only reason I'm doing it is because I absolutely refuse to pick the Browns beating the Steelers. I haven't done it yet, and I just absolutely refuse to do it. There's no reason for me to believe the Steelers are going to win, but I'm picking 24-13 Steelers beating the Browns because I refuse to I refuse to pick the Browns. So that's hope- it. I hope you're right. I hope I hope I am too. I don't think I am, but I'm that's just spite. <laughs> Screw you, Ohio and Cleveland. I will not pick your team to win. Uh the one thing that gives me hope is the Steelers were running outside better against New England. And uh what's Jadavion Clowney is out for this game. Yeah. You cannot run outside zone with Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett. They both do a great job of getting penetration and shutting down outside zone. When the Steelers beat the Browns and ran all over them, they ran inside zone almost every run play. With J.C. Hassenauer and John LeGlue on the field, they just inside zone, boom, Najee Harris up the middle, every play. With Jadavion Clowney out, uh, you you can expect some runs to the right side because you can do it. You can run to the right side. I don't expect him to run to the left on outside zone because Miles Garrett is great against outside zone. Both those guys are. You can't outside zone against the Cleveland Browns when those guys are healthy. So that's a hope. There's there's another I mean, hope. There's another hope. Okay. They they have to there, there needs to be a heavy Brian Flores influence this week. Yeah. Uh from none of this soft song crap. They're gonna yeah. have to be aggressive. Uh, you know, run blitzes, everything. They've got to start. They got to stop Chubb and them before they get started. Yep. Because if you let them get rolling, they're going to crush you. So they have Mm -hmm. to just hold them down the best they can. And hopefully, Brissett will make a few mistakes. But so it's heavy Brian Flores. And this is the week. Everybody says Devin Bush is turning it around. He's doing better. There's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. He's got to show up. He's got to be physical. Yeah. Because if he hits Chubb, you know, and he ain't fully committed, he's going to get run over. <laughs> Even if he hits Chubb and is fully committed, he might get run over. <laughs> like, he's got to slow him down. Yeah, he's got to do something. You got to just hang on, man. Just hang on. <laughs> hang on to those knees and hope for the best. 
Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. You know what though? I see. I'm. T- we're t- look at us talking ourselves into a win here. But that's <laughs> Jacoby Brissett is not great against the blitz. Mac Jones is a guy who Belichick wants quarterbacks who are great against blitzes, so that, that if he has an offensive line that can protect the guy, you're in good shape. Because if you have to blitz to get to him. He's going to hit that check down. He's going to hit that, yeah, you know, yeah. the hot read. He's going to hit those guys. Mac Jones does that. It was a big problem with us in that game is if we didn't blitz, we couldn't get pressure because we don't TJ Watt. And if we blitzed, he made quick throws. Uh-huh. And a lot of them were good. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is not that player. Uh-uh. So I agree with you. A lot of a lot of the hope here is Brian Flores. And if the Steelers win this game, let's do that. I'll say if the Steelers win this game, Shannon, how did they do it? What oh, I the, think it's a key it, factor. Uh, I think it'll be that they slowed down the Browns' running game enough with a lot of that aggressive Brian Flores run blitz and pass rush specialty packages that they they make Brissett beat him throwing it. He he makes a couple of turnovers, gets the Steelers some short fields, and they score enough to win that way. Was was Brissett the quarterback in Indianapolis in 2019 against Minka? I think he was. Yeah. Did he throw that? He was. Did yeah. he throw the, court, the interception in the end zone? That's the game that Hayward dominated Nelson. Yeah. One of the best games i ever seen Hayward have. Because yeah. he threw uh, Nelson into Brissett's leg. Oh, my gosh. Just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So, we – oh, man. See, oh, I'm talking myself into this now. All right. Yeah, I'll agree with you. That's, that's where I'm going. But to give you a different one, I'm going to say my other option is for some, somehow, Kenny uh, Mitch Trubisky goes down or gets benched, and Kenny Pickett comes in because if you want a player who's going to take advantage of a defense who is making mistakes in the secondary, mm-hmm. you want Pickett. Mm-hmm. You want Kenny Pickett in there, not Mitch Trubisky. So you're predicting this is the week. I I don't think it is, but that he's going to play at some point. Happen. He's going to play at some point. He's going to do it. Come in at halftime. (laughs) Come in. Come in there. Come in at halftime. Here we. There's my story. Brian. Okay. There we go. Brian Flores. Here's my real prediction. Brian Flores blitzes the heck out of the Browns. Stops. They stop Nick Chubb. They they stop whatever the other guy's name is. Jacoby that throws an interception to Minka Fitzpatrick, and the Steelers end up putting Kenny Pickett in. And he leads them to a victory. He leads them on a touchdown drive, a literal touchdown drive down the field, through the air. And everyone just loses their mind. That's my prediction for this game. Steelers win. That would be a great beginning. <laughs> a, what a Wouldn't story it? for the young Kenny Pickett. Wouldn't it? That'd be That'd awesome. Be incredible. <laughs> All right. Shannon, let us know what's coming up, where people can find your stuff, what they can expect from you. I've got an article I'm working on about, it's really talking about the offensive line, how they're starting to come together, how they've built this line, and how it's consistent with the way they've built lines in the past. Everybody talks about, you know, we got a first round draft picks and we got to spend all this on the offensive line, especially at tackle. Well, the Steelers have been more successful taking tight ends and making them tackles than they have been drafting tackles in the first round. So I think that the way they're building this line from the inside out, uh, especially with free agency this year, 
Uh, I think there's potential there, young, proven potential. And I think that they're going to improve and it's just going to take some patience. So that's what the article's about. Just kind of a early season update on how things are going. So, but uh, that's all I got at the moment. Uh, I will sell my Vertex that came out with, with Dave Schofield that mm-hmm. came out today. If you go to the site, it should still be on the front page. It's about Najee Harris's vision. Uh, it's, it's been talked a lot about. And go check that out. I break down a lot of film, talk about, you know, he is not an elite vision back. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Go ahead, go read that, check that out. It's it's worth it. It's a good read. I, I, I really put a lot into that one. I, re, I really am proud of it. Good uh, article. Good article. That's, that's it for me. Um, and then as soon as this game is over, man, back in it again. <laughs> back in it again. We've got 10 days to break stuff down. I am really looking forward to really digging into tape, not just on the Browns game, but but the first three games uh, coming up next week. So so look forward to that. Uh, but as always, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to everyone commenting in the live chat. We love it. Uh, thank you to Matt Wood for coming in and talking to us from the home of the second best defensive lineman in the <laughs> AFC North, uh, Cleveland Browns. And uh, for everyone here, thank you for being with us. Have a great week. And as always, let's go Steelers. 